I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you that one. I'm gonna give you that one. I got the wrong one. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and get started uh, with our missionaries here. And uh, when people are just finishing up and coming in, feel free to, to just keep eating and we'll, we'll keep talking. And uh, so we're just so happy to have uh, Jeff and Pam Gregory here. And uh, when Pastor Brian and Jill were in um, Winlock, they, they were friends there and they supported him there. They supported their ministry there. So this is the first chance that they've had to visit us here. And uh, so we're going to take this opportunity to, to learn just what they're doing on the mission field. And I, I think it's in media, a lot of work in media, and they travel around. Right now they happen to be, they're living in Olympia, Washington. So they're very close to us. So, so um, let's welcome um, Jeff and Pam here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a tremendous uh, pleasure to be uh, with you this morning to share a little bit about our story. And I, I do want to thank Pastor Brian, even though he's not here. Uh, I want to thank him for, for allowing us to come and to share with you a, a little bit about our lives and our ministry. And I, I know you're all eating, but who, who likes a good deal? You know, good deals, two-for-one deals and that kind of stuff? Well, Pam and I, we're a two-for-one deal as missions. Because uh, for the last 15 years, we've actually had two different missions assignments. I do one thing, and Pam has been doing something completely different. So Pam is going to come first and share a little bit about her ministry, and then I'll come back and talk about what I've been doing. That's awesome. I see there's lots of kids here. How many of you are going to start school this week? Wow. No, school is fun. And how many of you, raise your hand if you used to go to school? Yeah. So we should have everybody covered, right? You're either going to be in school or you used to go to school or you're not school-aged yet. Yeah, there's a few of those around, right? Well, I am a teacher. How many of you actually like your teachers? Some of you, yes, awesome. I love mine. No, because <laughs> I'm, no. Um, did you know, did you know that missionaries have kids? Some missionaries have kids. Have you ever met any missionary kids that have come here? Isn't that awesome? And I'm a missionary kid myself. And missionary kids still have to go to school. Bummer, huh? Even if you're a missionary kid, you still have to go to school. And I have the privilege of teaching at a school for missionary kids. So all of my students are the children of missionaries. It's a boarding school just outside of Manila, Philippines. And let's see, who can guess, one of these kids here, who can guess what I teach? Okay, math is fun, but it's not what I teach. Teach about, well, of course, through everything we teach about God. Okay, one more guess. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay, so everybody, this is your clue, kids. Ready? What teacher does this? Music. Yes, okay, I'm a music teacher. All right, it's, we, I have the best job on campus because music is so much fun, right? All right, so that's what I do. And you know what the coolest thing is about being a teacher is not only having fun with kids, but I have the privilege of knowing and working with so many of their parents. And so as a, as a missionary myself, I get to rub shoulders with some incredible other missionaries, and I feel it's such a privilege to help them out in their ministry by educating their children. And so it's, it's a real 
privilege I have to be involved with the missionary family. And I, and I just want to encourage all of you adults and even kids, how many adults do we have in the house that are in education? Teachers? All right. We need teachers at Faith Academy. We need people who would be willing to come and spend a year or two and give their lives to these amazing students that we have. So I'll just plant that seed in your head. We need people to come. And the school actually um, is what they call a mission school, so all the faculty and staff and administrators and all the workers are all there as volunteers. So the pay, the earthly pay isn't great, but the heavenly heavenly pay is amazing and the benefits are awesome and so we need people to come and help us out at Faith Academy helping keep all those amazing missionaries on the field all the Bible teachers and church planters and people who are just doing amazing things for the Lord we're there to support them and help them so thank you so much for letting me share and and thank you for keeping Faith Academy in your prayers So while, while Pam has been busy at Faith Academy, I work with a, a completely different ministry uh, based out of the Philippines uh, for the last 26 years, but our, our work isn't in the Philippines. We work all over Asia, everywhere from Mongolia up in the north all the way down through all the Indochina countries down to Indonesia in the south, um, from Nepal, those kind of countries all out into the South Pacific Ocean. And the area in which we work in particular is in, in technology uh, and media. Um, I think you'll agree with me when, when I say that media is completely changing the world. I mean, how, how we connect with one another, how, how we interact with one another is changing very, very quickly. Who's, who's got a cell phone with you this morning? I think some people are not telling the truth, because I, I would imagine pretty much everybody's hands should be raised in this, this room this morning. We, we can't get away from, our, from technology today. You know, and, and, and it's always with us, and it's becoming more and more a part of our lives. And it's not just here in the West where, where technology is, you know, taking over. It, it's everywhere. Do you know, today, this morning in, in Africa, the Maasai tribesmen, if you've ever seen on National Geographic, if you ever watch TV, and you see these guys, they, they dress in orange, and they're really tall, you know, much taller than me, which isn't, isn't hard to be taller than me. But, uh, you know, they, these guys, they... they, they stand around the campfire, and they jump, you know, up and down. Today, they are buying and selling their cows by cell phone. Maasai tribesmen buying and selling their cows by cell phone. In, in the Middle East, the Bedouin tribesmen, they, 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 they chase their goats around the desert. You know, just a very simple lifestyle. They live in tents, and they, they, they put their tents in different places. You know, they just move around the desert. It used to be that they would set their tents according to where the best water source was. But today, they set their tents according to where the best cell phone signal is. Literally. And so the, the, these Bedouin tribesmen, you know, they're chasing their goats around the desert during the day. At nighttime, they're in their tents on Facebook. You can believe it. You know, taking selfies of themselves and their goats, you know, and, and posting them or whatever they're doing, you know. But, but, but technology is becoming a part of their lives, and it's all over the world. You know, in Uganda, there are more cell phones than there are light bulbs. In the Philippines, there are more cell phones than there are toilets. Imagine that. 
it, it's, it's incredible. There are, there, are, there are more active cell phones in the world today than there are people on the planet. One, one of the major cell phone companies, Vodafone, uh, they, they, they are a parent company for a, a number of different uh, cell phone companies. They claim that they have 600 million cell phone subscribers around the world who live where they do not have electricity in their own homes. They have a cell phone, but they live somewhere where they don't even have electricity in their homes. Well, how do they charge their phones, you know? <laughs> they send their phones off to where their kids to school, and the kids plug their phones in at school while they're having lessons, and then bring them home again at night, and the parents are on Facebook or whatever it is at night times. It is, you know, it's just incredible how technology is everywhere. You know, and this is presenting to us an incredible, incredible opportunity to communicate. That's, that's the goal of, of, of the church, you know. We've been given the Great Commission to go into all the world and what? Communicate the message of Christ. There's still something like 3 billion people in the world today who have never heard the name Jesus Christ. Not only have they never heard the name Jesus Christ, but that 3 billion people, they live in countries where there is no church around. No, no one who can share with them the good news. But every single one of that 3 billion people Technology is a part of their lives. And I, I believe we have the greatest opportunity as a church that we've ever had to fulfill the Great Commission. And that's what our ministry is all about. It's about helping the national churches all throughout all these countries, all in Asia, helping them to see the opportunities of media and training them and giving them the skills to become effective producers and users of technology and media in ministry. And by you know, there are many, many tools. You know, I'm talking about everything from mobile technology, radio, TV, audio, video, all the way up to full-scale movies that can go in the cinemas. So we help the churches to understand how technology works and give them the skills. We do three, three things we do. First thing we do is vision casting, helping them to see the opportunities. They're all around them. You know, when you start talking about media, it's usually people's eyes gloss over. You know, it's like, it's too expensive. At least that's what you think, because that's how it used to be. But it isn't that way anymore. Technology is, is becoming democratized. You know, it's, it's, it's available to anybody. And so we, we help them to, 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 to catch a vision for using technology that's around them. Second thing we do is training. We, we want to empower them. We want to give them the skills to be able to do it themselves. We don't want them to be dependent on, on outsiders, on foreigners, but we want them to give them the skills that they can use the technology that is all around them in ministry into their communities. Then the third thing we do is, is production, um, joint productions. Uh, kind of goes along with the training and the fact that I believe the best way we can teach people is by doing it with them. You know, if, you, if you're anything like me, I learn by doing. You know, I, I, li I love equipment. You know, I, I'm, I'm a techie per type of person, you know. And when you get a, a nice new piece of equipment, you know, you, you open the box, you know, you get the smell of newness, you know, and I, I just love that smell of new equipment, you know. You, you open the box, and the you, first thing you find usually is a, an owner's manual. You know, I put the owner, owner's manual aside, you know, I never read owner's manuals. I, I, you know, I take the equipment out of the box, and I start twiddling with it, you know, and what happens when I do this, you know, and I, that, that's how I learn, by doing. And I think most of us are the same. We learn through experience. And so the best way that we can teach and train and help the national church to know how media works is, is by doing it with them. Uh, so just give you one example. The last project 
that we were involved in before we, we came on furlough was in the country of Nepal. Nepal is a country of 31 million people. 99.8% of them are not Christians, uh, mostly Hindus and Buddhists. So very, very non-Christian country. Uh, but there's a, a pastor in Nepal. His name is Benny. Uh, he pastors a very, very small church in, in the city of Kathmandu. And about six or seven years ago, God gave Benny a vision, a vision to create a movie that could go in the cinemas, a movie that could go on TV, a movie that could be used as a tool all around the country. Now, this is quite a vision when you think about Nepal. Nepal is a, a completely closed country. The church has no freedoms, and no, they're not allowed to do anything. They're under great persecution. But God gave a vision. You know, what seems to be impossible with man is always possible with God. All the things that, that Benny envisioned have all come to pass. We worked with them for about two years and went through the process of making a movie. You know, a movie is a big, a big, big task, you know, it's not something we do quickly. And so we helped to develop the script and all the characters and, and the story and the final locations and all this kind of stuff. And then we went for five weeks of actual production. The first uh, week was just basic training. You know, we, we were working with people in the church. These were not media professionals. Uh, they were just eager volunteers. And so we started right at the very beginning. You know, this is a camera, you know, and this is a tripod, and the tripod and camera sits on the tripod. You know, we point it this way. And, you know, just, just basic uh, education. And then we went through the process of shooting a movie. The first week, we did most of the work ourselves. The second week, they were really getting into it. By the third week, they were really doing it. And the fourth week, we just stepped back and let them get on with it. You know, they'd done it so much now. They, they learned how to do media. So when we left at the end of that five weeks, we left behind three things in Nepal. First thing we left behind was a movie. The movie is called uh, BJ, which means victory. It's a movie all about soccer. Soccer is the national sport in Nepal. Every kid, you know, from a moment they can walk, they're, they're kicking a ball. And um, every kid dreams of being on the, the national soccer team. And so the movie is about a young man who is a, a phenomenal soccer player, but he's a lousy person. And it just follows his life story and what happens to him as, as he, he dreams of all, you know, big things, but he comes to the realization that only Christ can fill that, that emptiness that he's looking for in his life. So the movie's about soccer, but it isn't really about soccer. It's about the power of Christ to change lives. The movie opened in the cinemas in Nepal in January, uh, just this past January. They've got a contract. It's going to be broadcast on national TV. And it has been used as a, as a, as a tool, as a, a DVD, all around the country. Pastors will take it. They hike over the mountains in Nepal and uh, set up a screen in a, a little village. The entire village turns out to watch the movie. And they, they, they show it, and then at the end, somebody gets up and makes an appeal, and, and people uh, commit their lives to Christ. You know, it's just an incredible, incredible tool. We left behind a movie. We also left behind now a trained team. You know, they started off knowing nothing. But now that they have the ability to, to produce media at a very high level, higher than the national, the national industry. That's our goal. We want, to, we want to position the church to be the best in the country instead of being the, the trailer. You know, too many times that we're always behind it. I believe as Christians, we, we've got the best message to communicate. We should be the best at it. And so the, the church have the ability to produce media now at a very high level in the country. 
And then the third thing we left behind was all of the equipment so they can continue making their own media tools. And just to prove that that works, uh, since we left uh, and uh, they finished the, the movie project, they've started on two other projects. Uh, and the second thing they were doing was uh, children's TV programs. Again, this is, you know, Nepal is a completely closed country. But God has opened the way that uh, they can get 30-minute time slots on national TV. And they're making TV programs for children that are being broadcast nationwide using the equipment we gave them, using the know-how we gave them. And the third thing that they, are, they have done, and just two weeks ago, they had the premiere of a second uh, video uh, that they have produced. And this video is all on the topic of human trafficking. Human trafficking is, is a huge issue in Nepal. And um, you don't need to me to go into the details of what that's about, you know. But th- there's a lot of, lot of really wonderful ministries that are dedicated to, to, to rescuing girls that have been, been captured and, and taken into this lifestyle. But the church in Nepal, their desire, rather than, than rescuing girls that have been taken, isn't it better to stop them going in the first place? And so they have created a, a, an educational video that they desire to, to show, you know, all over the country, all in the villages, educating people on this whole issue of human trafficking and an attempt to, to put a stop to it. We gave them the skills. We gave them the know-how. We empowered them. The church is now using the tools of media and technology to fulfill their goals and, and their desires in that country. Media is an incredible tool. Technology is an incredible tool because it has access into people's lives. Nepal was our last project. Our next project, as soon as we, we can get back to the field, is going to be in Myanmar. Myanmar, again, a, a very, very closed, uh, non-Christian country. 18 million people amongst the Burmese people. 0.07% Christian. But again, media is a part of their lives. So we're going to be helping the church to pr- create a movie. Movies are wonderful tools for evangelism. Going to be helping the, the church to create a movie that's going to uh, reach the Burmese people. Project after that one is going to be in Sri Lanka. 21 million people, 45 different people groups. 43 of those people groups have no known Christians. No known Christians. But again, media, technology gives us access into their, li- access into their lives. And we're going to be working with the church, helping them to develop tools. They're going to use that access, give them the ability to communicate the message of Jesus Christ. We'd ask you to, to, to pray with us. We've got some prayer cards on a table out in the foyer. And uh, please pray with us um, that uh, God would... Enable us, you know, as missionaries with the Assemblies of God, the way it works, we, we, we have to raise the funds. We're not paid any salary. We have to raise all the funds that we need to do the work that uh, God has called us to. And so we are looking for people and churches, individuals, businesses, whatever, who will catch a vision with us, want to partner with us in the work that God has called us to. So I'd ask you to pray with us and pray that God will lead us into contact with those people who, who will join with us and, and, and uh, in the ministry that God has called us to. You've all heard of Kraft Foods, yeah? Kraft Foods, I, I learned this a, a, just a, a couple of months ago. Kraft Foods have a, 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 an internal marketing phrase that says, no cell phone left behind. What's that got to do? Kraft Foods, they make cheese. What, 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 what have cell phones got to do with Kraft cheese? They have discovered that if, if they want to communicate a message, you've got to get it into people's lives. To get into people's lives, you've got to, today, 
you've got to get onto their cell phones, onto their technology. Because technology is so much a part of, you know, who we are. So they have determined that the best way of selling cheese, of communicating their message, is to do it through mobile technology. We have a far greater message to communicate, the message of Jesus Christ. We have the access. We have the opportunity. We just need to go and do it. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. You know, um, that's very true. And um, in the Romania, where well, we've been in Romania for 20 years, when we went over, they had no cell phones. They didn't have phones hardly. And you go back there now, 20 years, every kid has a cell phone. And the thing about soccer internationally is it doesn't have to be organized like our football or baseball. You give the kids a ball and any kind of open space, and they're playing soccer. And that's just the way it works over there. So we just uh, appreciate you coming down, just having the time to share with us. We're going to take a, a love offering here this morning to just encourage them. And like he says, you know, they're responsible for their own support. And our church is very big in missions. We support uh, 28 missionaries, and that's a big part of our budget. And um, we want to just uh, spread the gospel around the world because that's the great commission that we have. It's not just about us and just about here, but it's about the whole world and spreading that gospel. So as Frank comes to um, share a quick message in that um, we're just going to go ahead and start taking an offering. Go ahead, gentlemen, and uh, feel free to give to that to just encourage them and uh, in their ministry, and I would like to see them come back. And we could have uh, uh, maybe spent the, the more time on that, and I uh, would just like to see them come back. They're just in Olympia, just a short ways away. And I'm looking for Frank. There he is. And, um, so, you know, the Bible tells us that uh, men shall not live on word alone, but uh, on food alone, but by the word of God. And uh, come on, Frank. And uh, we're just going to take a time here as we just conclude this day to have a, uh, Frank give us a time of the word and what the Lord's placed on his heart. And um, come on up. And uh, we can multitask, so we're capable of doing more things than uh, just one at a time. So, Frank, here. Here you go. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, it's yours. Okay. Now, that. That ties into the things that I was wanting to share. I've been aware of this subject for a long time, and I won't hold you long. But uh, I've only got three, three pages here, so hold steady with me. title of my, my remarks are, How Great is God? You know, when I was um, young, way back in the Dark Ages, when we had a, a, a missionary come through, we, were, we had the understanding that he was probably wearing a pith helmet and wearing a jumpsuit and out walks through the jungle to reach the, these very, very primitive people, and now we're talking about cell phones. Isn't God good? I mean, we have radio stations that are transmitting 
all around the world, either through shortwave or uh, other directed sources. We have television, television that is going out. And God is a good God. And the question I want to ask you this morning is how great, how great is our God? How great is our God? Now, immediately when I say that, oh, he's omnipotent, we get all the theological words out, and we say, well, he's wonderful, he's amazing, he's all these things, omniscient, omnipotent. And I want to bring this down to you. How great is your God? When you go through a difficulty, do you go to pieces? <laughs> when your child is ill with a, a high fever, what do you do? Well, the first thing we run to the aspirin bottle and try, and, and normally that's true, but who do we look for? We look to the doctors, we look to the hospitals, and so on, but how great is your confidence in your God? Now, I'm not opposed to doctors and hospitals. Please don't misunderstand me. But we need to understand that our understanding of God the Father relates a lot to our own human fathers. You hear what I'm saying? When you talk about Father, you're going back in your mind to whatever concept your earthly father was to you. And you know, that bothers me a lot because of the fact that we have a lot of people that do not have a good understanding of who dad was. Maybe they were beaten. Maybe they were yelled at. Maybe they were just simply ignored. But we need to understand about our Father in heaven. We need to understand that our Father in heaven is not a person that would want to beat you. You say, well, nobody here has that problem. I can't see into your experience in the past. But some of you have a fear of going to your heavenly Father because you think that he is going to take from you, that he's going to punish you, that he's going to be a source of, of some imagined discipline that you think that he will give to you. I want you to know that our heavenly Father is none of that. Our heavenly Father wants to bring blessing to your life. Now, yes, he does discipline us. He does bring a correction to us, and that is not to be looked at as beating or some other type of, of torture, but a blessing because when a father chastises a son or a daughter, it's to prevent something from happening. You don't just beat your children simply because they, they need their daily beating. You understand what I'm saying? 
It's to bring a correction to them. And the Heavenly Father wants to bring blessing to his people. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 in, in the NIV says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hoovering over the waters. And then God said, Do you realize that everything that God has done has been for the benefit of each one of you. God has blessed this planet and particularly this country uh, at least up till the present time. He has blessed us. Why? Because of the foundations of this nation were built upon the word of God and following the concepts of Jesus Christ. We need to be excited about that, that we are still living in a country that we can worship God. Not like one of the, the uh, countries that was uh, uh, mentioned that had 99.8% were non-Christian. Why does that happen? Because Jesus Christ, our Father, uh, the, God the Father was preeminent in this country. No matter what the sociologists want to tell you, God was here. One of the first things the pioneer or the uh, uh, Puritans did when they landed in this country is they had a prayer meeting. And they made certain commitments. And I, just last year we were in... Uh, uh, that area where they came ashore, and there is a memorial built by the, the state of, of Pennsylvania to the remembrance of the things that they came for. Don't believe all the nonsense that is taught to you over the, over the television. We have this world that was created simply because God loves us. Now think about that for a minute. Does that sound like a God that wants to beat you over the head? When I was younger, I don't know where this came from because my father was never one to beat on us or whatever, but I got this concept of God as floating around on a cloud somewhere just waiting with a big long stick to hit me over the head. Is there anybody else that has ever had a similar concept? <laughs> and yet, as I have gotten older and I've studied the Word of God, I can find nothing to establish that in the Word of God, praise the Lord. God wants to bless His people. What is God all about? I can think of no better verse of Scripture than John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now verse 17 is really cool. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn 
the world, but to save the world through him. Does that sound like a vengeful God to you? He has done everything that was necessary to purchase your redemption. Every one of us, and maybe you need an encouragement today in the fact that God is here constantly to put his arm around you and even take your hand like he did for Peter and lift you back to the surface. That's our God. That's how great our God is. Matthew 7, 11 in NIV says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I think there should be more amens. <laughs> I think there should be some more praises to this God that we serve and we love. He has no intention of browbeating you. Now, I know as well as you do that there are voices that come to try to discourage you. You've probably experienced that little voice. Boy, you deserve that one. Boy, you really made a mess out of that one. What did you do that for? Boy, are you an idiot or what? Now, have you ever had anything like that happen in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, the rest of you are telling a fib. <laughs> but that is not God speaking to you. God has not come into the world to condemn the world, but to give them a lift up. Amen? God has given us purpose. God has given us a future. And what's more, God has given us a hope. Hope. Because we look not at ourselves, but we look to the God of heaven. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Life, not death. Blessing, not cursing. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11 in the NIV says, If you then, though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. <laughs> you know, when my children were young, all my children are over 40 now, so it's been a while. But they had kids, and the problem is their kids are getting to be old enough to have kids of their own now. <laughs> so I get to be great-grandpa sometimes. But I recognize this. God desires to give good gifts. And I'll tell you, when grandma is around, there is no limit. <laughs> Isn't that true, grandpas? <laughs> there is no budget when it comes to blessing your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, my wife and I have gone through some things in the last uh, few years that have challenged our faith. And, uh, you know, when I got to praying, I said, God, do this and this and this and this. Has anybody done that here? No, nobody has done that. And I interject my thoughts into that. But I found out that I need to emulate our elder brother Jesus, who says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. The Bible says where two or three are in agreement, it will be done. You, you, have you read that scripture? What better point of agreement than to agree with Jesus Christ concerning yourself, your children, and those things that are uh, sincerely uh, on your heart? I found out one time that if I pray, God, not my will, but thine be done, ultimately, maybe not the next week or the next six months or even the next year, but ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ brought into being the thing that I asked for. Not in my heart, but in the heart of, the, of my children. I remember one night I was... I was working late for the company that I was working for at that time. And we had gone through a situation that was very, very serious with our, our two sons. And there was some really, really strong rebellion. And we had done everything that we knew to do. Maybe you have gone through those types of things. And that night... I came home, and the family had gone on ahead to church. It was on a Wednesday night. And I remember saying, I can't go to church tonight. And I laid down on the floor and, and, and was literally crying my eyes out to God. And I said, God, I've done everything I know to do. Please, 
whatever it takes, do it. Now, my, my thought is if I'm going to ask God to do it, he's going to bring illness, sickness. They were, they were both driving, so I thought uh, accident, all of this sort of thing. And my thought was God was going to beat him. <laughs> but he didn't. Do you know what he did? He blessed them and brought them to the feet of the cross. And it took years. It took years. But I learned that when I trust in God, based on God's character, knowing God's character that he wants to bless us, and he wants to bring it to his point of view, God is faithful. And sometimes I think we want to sway God to our point of view. When maybe we should just be saying, God, whatever it takes, I'm willing for you to do it, and I put my, my agreement into your hands. Whatever you want is what I want. And I want you to understand this this morning, that God is on your side. And he knows better than you do how to get that done. Right? Parents say no to their children to keep them from running over a cliff that they don't even know is there. Don't you think Jesus does the same thing with us? Trust God. Trust God with the intimate areas of your life, knowing that the Lord knows what he's doing. Who else could do that but our Heavenly Father? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning for your grace and your mercy. I pray that you would just speak to this, this group of people I pray your blessing upon our missionaries. I thank God that you have placed this vision upon their minds, their hearts. God, whatever it takes in the kingdom of God to reach the people of this world, do it in Jesus' name. Help us to be part of that by our prayers, by our giving and by our words of encouragement. I pray in Jesus' name, if there is one person here that is not real sure of who you are, I pray that you would allow a seed to grow in their life, to understand that you're not a big, bad, ferocious person, but that you love them with an everlasting love. And it matters not where they are or where they've been, but that you love them at this moment. Please minister in Jesus' name, I pray. I'd like to ask you a question, and I'm not going to uh, belay the point, but is there anyone here that says, I've not met a Jesus a God 
like you've been talking about, but I'd like to know him. Would you like to raise your hand and say, please pray for me. Please pray for me that I might know this Jesus that is who you're talking about. Is there anyone? All right. Father, as we go from this place, bless us. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for the ministering of your Holy Spirit this morning. In your name, Jesus. Amen.